on so many trips as a female solo traveler. Well, if you want to know how I can travel so much, you might want to check out World Packers. World Packers is the safest community for travel and volunteering. With World Packers, I can travel, collaborate, and make an impact going virtually anywhere in the world for close to nothing. We love that. All I do is type in a location and World Packers will list experiences I can browse through. With homestays and hostels to social causes or animal care, I can choose what I'm interested in and apply for a work exchange. You can even read through reviews to see past World Packers experiences and determine if it's a good fit. All you do is enter the dates and apply with a message to your host. World Packers has been an awesome way for me to meet other travelers, make new friends, go on endless adventures, explore the world, and learn about myself. I'm actually in Italy right now, and I can't wait to come to you live from Albania next. I already have my entire year planned, and you can see for yourself by creating an account at worldpackers.com. But be sure to use code Coletti to save $10 today. World Packers, where will you go next? You know, I used to come at dating from a place of lack and scarcity, and I would go out with people that I knew were not looking to commit, were a waste of time. They weren't emotionally available or interested in developing anything substantial, but I just felt so lucky that they would choose me. So I thought I was the one that should be privileged to have them in my space. But watch how things change when we get super intentional and we realize how powerful and important we are that we ask ourselves going into any sort of relationship, are they worthy? Are they deserving of my time and my energy? Welcome to PhD in Self-Hatred. I'm your host, Lauren Michelle Coletti, and this is my first official episode of PhD in Self-Hatred, and as per usual, I'll be completely honest with everyone and admit that I have been putting off recording a podcast episode for several weeks now. I did take a little hiatus break because I was feeling really anxious with the rebranding of the podcast that what I needed to put out had to be prim and proper and perfect. And that kind of goes against exactly what I stand for, particularly with the rebranding of the podcast, right? Because my goal for PhD in self-hatred is to talk about how to unhate yourself. And I feel like striving for perfection is the number one way to not love yourself. So after I just did a 30-minute meditation on self-acceptance and self-love, I said, you know what? I'm going to stop procrastinating. I'm just going to record the damn episode and drop the standards I set for myself to be perfect because I will be 100% transparent. I have despised myself for the greater majority of my life and I don't think that we are born hating ourselves. I think it's a learned behavior. Our self-hatred is passed down to us. It's given to us and we take it on as our truth when it's in reality completely false. So when I was meditating, I was looking at myself, my human self from my higher self's perspective. And 
for the first time in a really long time, perhaps ever, I felt so much unconditional love for my humanness, for myself, for who I am and where I am with my perceived blemishes and flaws and imperfections and neuroses and mistakes, quote unquote, for the things that I refuse to accept about myself. I felt like I loved them so much. The way that a mom looks at her child after she gives birth, that's how I felt looking at myself. And I haven't felt that way about myself in a really long time because I've surrounded myself with people who have disrespected me, who have exploited me, who've used me, who've abused me, who treated me with so much hatred because they were quite literally a mere reflection of the way that I neglected and punished and just hated myself on the inside. And so the way that we feel about ourselves, right, people need to confirm that because as humans, we so much follow the self-fulfilling prophecy. We're so biased that we will seek out people and experiences that confirm the way that we feel and what we believe, right? What you think and what you feel, you see more of, you attract, you magnetize to you. So it was really refreshing to just give myself a big soul hug in this meditation. I was crying. It was profoundly healing. I will link it in the show notes for you to check out. It was about 30 minutes and it just really touched me. I'm not going to lie. So like I was saying, for most of my life, I really disliked myself. I disliked the way that I looked. I disliked the way that I thought. I just thought something was deeply inherently defective with me. And so there's no mistake that the people I would date and the friends I would make kind of um, poured salt into that wound of just rejecting myself. And I thought that I needed to fix myself. I needed to change myself in order to be good enough. And it was like, no matter what I did, I never felt, I never felt lovable. No matter what I looked like, no matter what I achieved, no matter how much money I made or what my job title was or fill in the blank, I always felt I really needed to try super hard to be enough. And even then, it was still never good enough. But I was living by these standards that were impossible to meet. And I couldn't understand for the life of me. I love people that are imperfect. I love people that have X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to myself, I just can't stand it. And so that's what kind of led me to make this podcast is I want to use that experience to hopefully lighten your load and make you love yourself a little bit more today than you might have the second before or yesterday. And the pathway to loving ourselves, the pathway to healing is through that unconditional positive regard for ourselves. Can we love ourselves when everyone leaves us? Can we love ourselves on our ugly days? Can we love ourselves when we don't get the job or we are messy or we get into a fight with our boyfriend or fill in the blank. Can we love ourselves when everything is stripped away from us? And so much of our identities, I think sometimes 
comes, it revolves around these notions of who we're supposed to be. So today, for today's episode, what I wanted to talk about, kind of just a little update since it has been a minute and discuss what has been going on for me through conscious celibacy. So (laughs) I laugh because in June, my therapist told me he thought I had a sex addiction. And I don't fully agree with that. But I definitely do think that I seek validation through attention from men. And I wouldn't say I'm addicted to sex, but I have a very complicated relationship with sex, especially because I have a really extensive and severe sexual trauma history. So it's like the one thing that was used against me, my body, has become my weapon. And in June, my therapist Michael told me that he thought I had a sex addiction And so I decided to take the rest of the year off from having sex. And so for two months now, I have been abstinent. And it's been very easy up until this point because since I had such a traumatic experience in June when I went to London and I was sexually rejected, which the incident of itself wasn't, necessarily the most traumatic aspect of the week I spent in London but it was more so the unearthing that it caused my past wounds like all of my previous trauma all of my limiting beliefs all of my confirmation bias that I am repulsive and completely undeserving of love resurfaced and that's what made it so painful one of the most painful moments of my whole life um So I decided that for the rest of the year, I'm not going to date or have sex. And as I've been doing a lot of work on myself in the last two months, since I've been unemployed, I've died back into EMDR therapy, I've been doing a lot of self-development work. I think that choosing to be celibate if you do have... A history that's similar to mine is a really empowering decision to make and I'll touch a little bit on my sex life and my past history with sex so when I was 18 years old I had sex for the first time with a my my boyfriend who proceeded to put a pillow over my face and say that he couldn't ejaculate if he was looking at my face because of how ugly it was. And then he had um, told me that if I wanted to prove how much I loved him, I would essentially have anal sex with him. And even though I didn't want to, he coerced me into doing it because I thought I needed to win his love and earn his approval. So that was really my first experience with sex. And after that happened, it was a long string of very traumatic sexual experiences, sexual assaults that made me have no regard for my body. I hated my body. But at the same time, I used my body to feel love because as someone that didn't feel 
chosen their whole life, I thought the only way that I could get a guy to cherish me or spend time with me was to sleep with him. And so in my early 20s, I really was very not super sexually active, really only with my boyfriends. I was in three serious relationships, one from 2015 to 2017, then another one from 2018 to 2020. And then my last committed relationship was 2020 to 2022. So that's kind of like the last eight years of my life. So I'm 29 now. But particularly in my first relationship with my first love, it was very sexually abusive and he was a sex addict. So I gave him my body no matter what because I didn't want to fight with him or because he literally forced me to. Um, But there came a time when I was diagnosed with a pretty scary illness and I had to get a procedure and that night, He had raped me and then I broke up with him for good because I knew that if I had stayed in that relationship with him, then I would have died. Whether the illness would have killed me, whether he would have killed me, whether I would have killed myself, I knew I would have ended up dead. And so I had dropped out of school at that time because I had a a brain injury and I had to drop out of school. I couldn't take classes. And after that point in time... A year later, I decided to go back to school and I got my bachelor's degree and then my master's degree and now my doctorate, despite being told that I would probably never graduate with an undergraduate degree because of the the brain, the traumatic brain injury and all of my mental health issues. So I was really proud of myself for that. But even though I had gotten out of that relationship that was very violent, I carried those scars with me and feeling like I was completely and utterly worthless and disposable. And it wasn't until last year that my behaviors really started to escalate. My body dysmorphia got pretty bad the last few months. I've been dealing with that, which is been the worst that it's been in a really long time after what happened in London but this time last year I became super sexually active I had sex in this last year with more people in a short amount of time than I probably had my whole life and I'm not ashamed of it I'm not slut shaming myself I understand what drives my behavior and the reason why I do the things that I do is operating out of my wound and I don't want to um, put anyone down that engages in casual sex. But for me, I've come to the realization that hookups and casual sex are really harmful for me personally. I can kind of go both ways when I have sex with someone. I could either get super attached to them or not attached at all. But I didn't want to become so numb from having sex with people that I lost all feeling because I think that sex is a beautiful thing. It is a powerful thing 
people ruin their entire lives over sex. People ruin their families and their marriages over sex. So clearly it does hold a lot of weight. And unfortunately, I feel like a lot of people want to remove that completely. They say, oh, it's just sex. But it, yeah, it's just sex. But sex destroys lives. It makes lives. It changes lives. You could get a deadly disease from it. And it's not just a physical thing. It's quite literally a mind, body, and soul thing. For some people, it has no intimate significance whatsoever. And for others, it is life-giving or life-taking. And it's a way to connect and bond with people. So I've learned that moving forward, even though it's only been two months, I'm trying to form a more intimate relationship with myself right now. And the standards for me on whether to sleep with a person or not in this last year have been extremely low, if I'm just being honest with you. All it would take was some European guy who spoke four languages and had a sexy accent and I would just throw myself at him. I went to Greece for a guy. I went to Italy for a guy. I went I I went to so many different countries to have sex with people that put in zero effort. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it and they didn't appreciate what I gave them, which was my body, my heart. And I've gained this insight that I have slept with people way too quickly. I had never slept with someone the first night I met them until last year when I was in Italy and I met a guy in Rome that I didn't like him that much on the first day. I really didn't. Like I thought he was cute, but I didn't see anything super special about him. It was cool that I had made a wish at the Trevi Fountain and then the next day this person I met at a water park and I said, you know what, when in Rome, so I asked him if he wanted to sleep with me. (laughs) And of course he said yes. And it was the best sex of my life. I didn't know I could have pleasurable sex until I was 27 at this point. 27 years old was the first time I ever experienced pleasurable sex. And unbeknownst to me, I just had to go to Italy to get it. But... (laughs) No shade on American men. I just feel like the Europeans know what they're doing and I will always stick to that. But I was 27 years old when I had good sex for the first time in my life in Italy. And after that, I think because the sex was so mind-blowing, I just fell head over heels in love with this person. And it didn't happen right away. It happened about a month or two after I had met him initially and we were in some sort of long distance thingamajigger, but I don't think the sex helped. I think that bonding with him in such a vulnerable way had caused me to develop very strong feelings for him. And had we had not slept together on that first night when I was in Rome, I don't know that I would have fallen head over heels with him as quickly or to the extent that I had and so I learned that when we have sex with someone without really knowing them it puts our blinders on 
And it's, at least for me, I'll speak personally, it causes us to put on these rose-colored glasses and overlook all the warning signs, all the red flags, because we're so infatuated, we're so in lust with them, that it can be easy with those brain chemicals going haywire to look past the emotional, the mental connection, the spiritual connection, because the sex is just so good. And so in September and then again in November, I had slept with people back at home when I was in America and I didn't get attached to them whatsoever. But then when I went to Europe in December and January, I had slept with two different people. And then again in April, (laughs) I had slept with another person that was in Italy also. And once again, the pattern happened where we met in Florence, Italy, and the first night I met him, we slept together, and the sex was so good, (laughs) like really, really good. And so again, I fell for this person super hard. I never was in love with him, but I liked him so much. A few weeks after that, we started going out and sleeping together. And once more, this person and I really had nothing in common. Like, there was no um, psychological connection. Sure, I thought he was funny and he was Albanian. So he immediately had like one foot in the door for me. He had an advantage there because I, I love Albanians. But other than the sex being insanely fucking good... There was really nothing else that I had connected with so deeply. And I feel like if I didn't sleep with him right away, if I would have gotten to know him, then things would have been different and not had ended the way that they ended, you know? I think that sex is beautiful, but it can cause us to trauma bond with someone if we're not ready to take that further with them if we're not prepared on a whole body level to go there with them we're kind of just shooting ourselves in the foot so if you find yourself getting attached to people falling for them when the sex is good or immediately after you have sex I want you or I want for myself to get to know someone their soul, their mind, their heart before getting to know their genitalia and see how that changes things, see how that alters things. Because at least for me personally, I know that it makes things more complicated once we throw sex into the mix. And I've decided that The next time I date someone or go out with someone, I'm not going to jump into bed with them so quickly. I'm going to try to wait until, I said ideally until we're in a romantic relationship, but the caveat with that for me is I'm a super, super, super sexual person. I love sex. I could have sex like three times a day, (laughs) Uh, depending on my mood. Also, depending on how much I love and care about the person but 
if they turn me on mentally, then they could have me all the time. But if not, then women in general are more apt to not want to be intimate if they're not feeling appreciated and desired and mentally, emotionally stimulated. But even though I love sex and it's so important to me, I would rather have sex with someone before I agree to go out with them exclusively because I do believe sex can get better the deeper the connection. The more you know someone, the more you love someone. You can learn each other's bodies and you can, through communication and experimenting and just being vulnerable and opening up, the sex usually will get better over time the more that you know your own body, know your partner's preferences, etc. But if someone isn't on the same level as me sexually and we kind of don't vibe that way, then I probably wouldn't consider being in a serious relationship with them. And I'm at the point where I'm almost 30 and I do want to really have kids in the next five years or so, five to 10 years in the next five years, I would like to get married. So I said, if I don't see a future with someone, if I don't see this person potentially being my husband or my wife, why am I going to go out with them? Why am I going to agree to go on a date with someone? If they're living in America, I know I don't want to live in America. I want to live in Europe. If these things, the math ain't math in, the values, the morals, the lifestyle is not aligning, I'm not going to waste my time. I don't believe in rushing. I don't believe I'm running out of time. But I want to be really intentional with dating moving forward if it doesn't feel aligned, if there's an ounce of doubt. If it isn't a hell yes, then I'm setting a personal boundary for myself that it's going to be a no because anytime I have gone astray from my inner voice and I question you, anytime you have not followed your intuition, has it worked out for you? Typically not. Typically we try to excuse it or ignore it or rationalize it, but that inner knowing is usually always correct or it always has some wisdom for us to listen to so when i do decide to start dating again i will not jump into bed with someone right away i want to go out with them for at least one to two months before going there and sometimes i want worry oh will anyone really want to get to know me then if i don't want to sleep with them so quickly and if they don't then that's actually a really good thing guys I feel like sometimes we worry, oh, if I set this boundary, if I say no here, then a lot of people are going to fall away. And they probably will. But those are the people that were wasting your time and not taking you seriously to begin with. And in my meditation today, I had the thought that anyone who has me in their life is super fucking lucky. And I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly because I am really special And so are you. And I feel like when we start valuing ourselves more, we'll be more picky with who we give our energy to. Your body, your time, your love is really precious. But when we don't see our worth, we'll give ourselves away to people that don't deserve the time of day, that don't deserve us, quite frankly. 
And I think that that had been my relationship with sex for the last year. I thought, oh, I'm just having fun. I'm just, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I wanted to convince myself that. But I would lose myself more and more the more people I gave myself away to. And I lost that sense of value for myself because let's just be real. If you loved yourself, you would have really strong boundaries. You would know what you want and you wouldn't waste your time on people that don't see your worth. And hopefully the more we start loving ourselves, the more we'll be turned off by those red flags. The more that we won't want someone that doesn't see how amazing and miraculous that we are. And that's been a lesson for me. I think that the reason I incarnated into this body, into this life at this time was to learn how to love myself. And I believe that's the case for many of us. It's not that your lovability increases or decreases with age or salary or any of these factors it's that sometimes like clouds blocking the sun we just can't see it so it's our job to move those clouds out of the way and realize that our lovability it can't change it can't lessen it can't increase but it's our job it's our responsibility to unconditionally accept and love ourselves and when we do that when we approve of ourselves, when we treat ourselves kindly, when we allow ourselves to be happy as we are wholeheartedly, then we will magnetize and attract and manifest people that also confirm that, yeah, we are pretty freaking amazing. And anyone that questions that or doubts that, we just let go of and we say sayonara because... I deserve nothing but the absolute fucking best. So key takeaways for this episode is that your worth is not determined by anything outside of you. When you start to realize how special and unique and precious and rare you are, you will only entertain people that think you are the bee's fucking knees and you won't give your time to anyone who is playing around or not taking you seriously or is bound to waste it. Also, develop an intimate relationship with yourself first. And once we start to develop a healing intimacy within ourselves, we'll form healthier relationships overall, but specifically around sex and see what purpose sex is serving in your life. Do you use it to dissociate? Do you use it to numb or escape? To use it to try to earn gratification or win someone's approval? Ask yourselves these questions. Get super insightful. I think that self-awareness is the first step to healing and down the growth journey of you know personal self-love and transformation, all those beautiful things. And lastly, what I want you to work on this week is forming that relationship with ourselves where even on our messy days, even on our fat days or whatever you want to call it, days you're not feeling your best, can you show up for yourself? Can you not leave yourself? Can you come home to yourself? So this week, I'm going to link the meditation that I did in the show notes below. And 
I would really like for you to do that as homework because each week I'm going to give a little homework assignment because I'm a nerd and try to do that meditation, sit with yourself, get really silent and still and see what comes up for you. Just be with your emotions, allow everything to surface, all those uncomfortable emotions and, and feelings you've been trying to cover up or push away. Just let them consume you because sometimes we just need to get them out in order to move through them and that's how we transmute them. So let me know what you think of this episode. Again, I am not shaming or judging and criticizing anyone's life choices. It's your life. It's your body. You have autonomy and agency over yourself but we want to start making empowered choices moving forward if we want to unhate ourselves.